We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Both Sides, the podcast with the one and only Jay Bukhani from the rags to riches story, (laughs) the Australian version. From Um, Plumpton to Hunters Hill. I'm really excited for today because Jay's not only a successful business owner, selling agent and property developer, but he's also got a, a story that will resonate quite a lot with majority of Australians because he doesn't start from the top. So I think it'll be a really good way to start this podcast if we can get a bit of a background in terms of where you are today and then reverse engineer that journey. Oh, you want to go backwards? I do. I want to start because I want to give people a sense of who you are, the big dog you are and some of the numbers. (laughs) Big rap, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Dan, Kev. Um, So at the moment, in regards to the business, uh, so I'm one of the directors at Manor. We manage about six to eight staff now including Kev, hardest one to manage. <laughs> um, he would be, wouldn't he? Yeah. So I still operate and sell as an agent. Uh, How much TCI did you do last year? Last year was a good year. It's hard to compare it to this year, but um, last year we did about 180 sales as, as a team, as a business unit, and the company did a little over 800. 800? Yeah. yeah. Would that be, that's New South Wales number one, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure other people did more, they just didn't. Simply numbers. Yeah, just yeah. Didn't send the numbers in. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's a, it, it's been a it's been a really good journey. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I've seen I've watched Jay's journey from the outside from the beginning. So I was working uh, underneath one of Jay's main competitors back in the day, probably like what eight, nine, ten years ago yeah, when you first started. Um, and to be honest with you, we were wiping the floor with him. Like it was pretty easy. And then um, I don't know what happened. He just exploded, came out of nowhere and then started wiping the floor with us. It was crazy. I used to, I used to um, see his car parked out front of houses. Like it was one time with North Rocks. I saw his car parked out front of a house and I thought, there's no way I'm not, I'm getting that listing. I knock on the door. They open the door. I see Jay down, down the end of the hallway and I can see him. He's smiling at me. I said, oh, are you thinking of selling? And they go, no. I'm like, oh, I'm looking at Jay. I had to walk away. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. That yeah. was a good, but, um, we Kevin was to, a savage. Yeah. Kevin was a savage. Huge competitors, huge competitors. But, um, Jay, what I saw Jay do from the outside in, he was a, a one obviously worked hard, but two, you're a marketing genius. Like back in the day there was just the standard signboards. He was selling a property and then he'd put up another signboard saying sold by Jay Bikani with only his head on it. And he'd have like 20 of them around the area. And it just felt like he was everywhere. He was putting up like 100, pointer, 100 pointers in Borkham Hills with no listings pointing absolutely nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so he- um, he Went outmar- back to my house in Plumpton. Outworked and outmarketed <laughs> us. And then um, obviously ended up opening a manor what, six years ago yeah, now and um, right. joined a, a bit a year or two later. Mate, what do you contribute your uh, attribute your, exce- your rapid success at the start? Not so much now, but at the start when you were growing. At the start, um, it, I think back to this quite a lot actually in regards to at the, it, it's hard to remember because it, so much has happened um, over the decade that I've been in real estate. But I think at the start, I've just really just kept my head down and always tried to improve every bit that I do. So whether it be prospecting uh, or, you know, or listing presentations or buying negotiations, I've always tried to see the, the gaps in the way I do business and try to improve on that. So for example, 
back then, 10 years ago, training wasn't a big thing. So I, I know they started rolling out free training. So I'll watch free YouTube clips of Tom Panos and really try to soak it in and rehearse it back in my car and pause it. And <laughs> yeah, so it, it was it, it was a very, um, it was self-taught in, in a sense that you, you had to do your own research in regards to training and such. Mm. So really striving to make sure that we I improved every bit of what I did. And I, I didn't really think anything. I just thought, you know, in the job's a telemarketing role and I just had to make sure I had to do the best I can for it. So at the start, it's really just trying to improve every bit that, of what I did and every bit of the role because I was a, you know, I was a rookie back then. So I didn't think anything of, I, mean, I didn't, all I did is just look into training um, and try to improve every bit of what I did. What were the early days like as a rookie? How, so give us a bit of context. How, how did you come about getting into real estate? Yeah. Um, Ooh, that, that's an interesting story. Um, so it, it actually started a, a while ago. So before real estate, I was working, uh, I was studying nursing in university. <laughs> yeah, no, from nurse, nursing, to, <laughs> nursing people to uh, nursing houses. Um, so I was studying nursing. I was I was working at Aldo Shoes. So it started first selling shoes, and I came across one of my primary school mates, uh, Jonathan Vuey, um, and. He came in. I was. I asked him what he did for work. He was dressed very nicely and just presented very well. And and I just asked him about what he did. And he said, "Look, I sell houses." And I thought, "Wow, that's a very cool job." And I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, "Wow, that's." I I didn't think I was good enough for that role, so I didn't really think beyond beyond that. Um, after that, a few years went on. Uh, one of my mates, my best mate till now, Wayne, we were sitting in front of a our mate's porch in Tungabi, actually. Uh, this is out west in the western suburbs um and he mentioned the role to me he mentioned a guy in his office that i think he mentioned at the time made 120 grand and it was 23 and i thought it was mind-blowing i thought wow 120 grand at 23 years old that's that's massive that's a lot it's a, a millionaire mm. back where i grew up that's that's a millionaire mm. that's what you considered made it so i thought to myself and i asked him i said do you think i'll, I'll be good enough I never thought I was. And he goes, yeah, I think you'd be perfect for it. And I thought, oh, wow. Okay. I said, and I thought about the whole night. I slept for two hours. I woke up the next day. I said, mom, I'm quitting uni. I'm actually getting into real estate. And she said, no way. She said, wow. <laughs> so she convinced me out of it. Um, and and in, in fairness to, to my mom, her sense of achievement is when all her kids have finished, gotten the degree and she can hang it up on the wall, the plaques and, for her, that's she feels that she's done what, mm. she, what she could for us. So I thought I didn't want to take that away from her. I thought, you know what, um, you know, I'll finish it. So I finished it, put real estate on the back burner. And, really? Yeah, and uh, I finished my degree in marketing. And on my last year, you had to do um, electives, I think is what they call it. So I picked all property degrees, uh, property units. And funny enough, the first time I ever got a distinction is when, it uh, is in, in, in those eight units, I, I think two of them I got distinctions in, which was very rare to me. So- Even thought, being Asian culture, huh? Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know even though, yeah. So I thought to myself, you know what? Um, I got, it sparked some, in, back some interest. And my sister gave me this book, it's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't know if you guys yeah. have read it. Um, and it really opened up my mind back into real estate. And so as soon as I finished my degree- So how old are you at this time when you finished your degree? 
I was in uni for about five years. Wow. Yeah, there, there was one, one year where I failed nearly every unit. Brutal, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> demoralizing. Did, um, didn't you read that Rich Dad, Poor Dad book in like a day or two? Yeah, I read like it. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah, I read it in about a day and a half. And <laughs> I'm, a ba- like I'm a slow reader. My wife tells me all the time, yeah, mocks me for it. I'm a slow reader. I still am. Still don't like to read. But it, it, when I read that book, it just, it, w- it was like a light bulb moment. Mm. And I thought to my, and, and it was, it was, it's been sitting there for years. My sister gave it to me on my 18th birthday. And I read it, I think, when I was 22. So four years it was sitting there. And I just thought to myself, wow, there's so much more out there. Mm. So as soon as I finished uh, uni, I went into applying for marketing, uh, marketing jobs and real estate jobs. I applied for a ton of marketing roles. I only got a call from one. And I applied for three, yeah, I'm pretty sure three real estate roles. And I got calls for two. So I did an interview all in one week, uh, one marketing and, and uh, two real estate. I didn't get a call for the one in marketing. I got a call for the two in real estate. Actually, the two in real estate, one of them, I got the job on the spot. So I, I made the jump to, to this boutique agency out in Parramatta Way. Stayed there for about six to eight months. I learned a lot from them, actually. Learned a lot. Uh, they were probably my first, I'd say, mentors. Uh, regardless of my departure, of the events of my departure. <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting uh, departure. And it, it's actually a, one of the catalysts of what really pushed me mm. to get through the tough time j- just when I was about to quit real estate. Mm. So, and, and, and not to name names in regards to the previous company I used to work for, um, when I was leaving, they actually said to me, you'll never make it in real estate. They <laughs> said, we can bet. So one of them, those two directors, one of them said, if there's anything I can bet on in one year, I bet my career that you won't be in real estate. Oh my God. And I, I think as a young kid, uh, and wow. th- this was my, mind you, I was only in real estate for about seven months. So it was, yeah, it, it created a lot of doubt in my mind about whether I was meant to be in real estate. So, uh, so I went on to Ray White and Balkan Mills. That's where I, I moved on to. Were you still living at Plumpton at this time? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was still living in Plumpton. So when I went that's to- That's near Mount Draw for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I didn't, I just assumed people know where Plumpton is. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I went to Ray, uh, Ray White Borker Mills and my first six months was probably the toughest. Toughest, yeah. Uh, the toughest? Yeah, first six months. If there's any, I think for any real estate agent, I think for the first 12, six or 12 months, is probably one of the toughest. It's very, your expectation uh, and get, just getting chucked in the deep end, it's, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a hard road the first year. Even harder now, I think, and I was speaking to the team about this, how, how difficult real estate is now because of the competition. Mm. But back then, as I was, I remember there was a point six months in uh, that I thought to myself, I'm gonna quit. I said, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit. So, uh, so I started, so w- what my goal was, was to become a property valuer. Property yeah. valuer? Why? Uh, you know what? It seems safe. Uh, Culturally, Filipinos are very safe people. Yeah. <laughs> Hence yeah. why nursing is yeah. a safe role. <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought, so what I did for the first, uh, I think for that four week period that I made the decision that I was going to become a property valuer, I would put my hand up if anyone had property valuations for properties. So mm. I'd open up the door and I'll ask the property valuer about the role, mm. what the potential of the job was, and, and such. And I thought, okay. 
So I went into, uh, so I applied to do, finish my property degree in uh, University of Western Sydney. And so I sent the application uh, to finish my, ma- uh, to do a major in it. And, uh, and I remember I made a call. I, I called one of my old managers from Aldo Shoes where I used to work. Mm. And I said, Ali, um, I'm gonna go back to uni. And, and back, th- back then he was in Calgary in Canada. Uh, so it was an overseas call. So I had to watch the time that I was calling him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said to me, why? Uh, and he gave me a little pep talk about pushing through and not giving up. And, and back then no one really gave me that talk. No, sadly not my parents or because I, wasn't, I didn't have that relationship with my parents or, or even my, my principals. So he gave me this little pep talk, this little motivational talk and he, he used to do it to me all the time when I used to work in a shoe store. And so I pushed through. I remember I, I was sitting in the car in a street called Brucell Drive in Brooklyn Hills. Uh, and I, I kept knocking on doors and I stumbled across this lady named Robbie, eight Brucell Drive. And I said, hey, um, my name's Jay Bacani from you know, Ray White Brooklyn Mills. And um, you know, I was just knocking around the area to see if you were thinking of selling at all. And she said, mm, she, there was hesitation. She, she said, no. I said, on I said so I just stood there for about 10 minutes and spoke to her and then over the weekend I got a call a voicemail from her and she said Jay it's Robbie here I know I told you in the front door that we weren't thinking of selling but uh we actually are just we've interviewed a few people um but you know we'd love for you to come through I really got along with you so I met with her and her husband Chris and they were quite up front they said Jay we've had seven agents out I thought to myself there's no way I'm getting this seven agents I'm this is my first listing appointment in the hills so I pitched my heart out uh, luckily I got it and fast forward I sold it in one week and leveraged off it mm. so to answer one of the in regards to marketing mm. one of the things that I did uh, that I caught on very early on is how to leverage a listing mm. so from that one listing in that year I sold five I think five or six houses on that street mm. wow yeah. five or six yeah I'm pretty sure, yeah, five, probably more five, yeah. yeah, five on that street. And from there, I just leveraged off it, mm. whether it's Faceboards or, you mean, letterbox drop. Back then, the competition was different. The faceboards wasn't a big thing back then. No one did it. You were the first in yeah. the area. Yeah, yeah. No, no one really did it. They thought it was an awkward <clears throat> thing to do. So I, I just, I saw someone in the inner west doing it. Mm. And I thought it was an exceptional idea. Mm. I thought, you know, well, I'm going to bring that back to the hills. Well, it works yeah. pretty well. So, so from there, it just steamrolled. And to, to, to be honest with you, after, after that moment, I felt like my, I was underwater in the sense that one day I lifted my head up and I looked around and we had 45 something staff. <laughs> and it was like a, I remember I was speaking in front of the company and, and I, I walked into, in, in Borkham Mills, we, we, we end up leasing the next part of Bulk Mills to open it up in the shop that we're in. And so there's a big bullpen where mm. everyone kind of stands. And I think we were doing, uh, we were doing an announcement of some sort. And I remember walking out there and my knee started shaking. And I thought to myself, because I didn't realize how big the company has become. Mm-hmm. So when people asked me, oh, you mean, was this all planned? It was, it felt almost organic because it just felt like you were mm. just moving in motion. Um, and, and then, yeah, I opened up my eyes and suddenly there's all this stuff that I thought, wow, this is crazy. It, it, it was, yeah, it was very surreal feeling. It was so natural. 
Like I, I started um, with Mana when um, I think it was like maybe seven or eight yeah. staff, not at the very beginning, but that we had a small team going in. Every every few months was someone new, someone new, but it was so organic. It just felt natural. Yeah. As like you did, I didn't even notice it. Like it was last year we had like a, it was when we opened the third office, and when you guys opened the third office, and it was just packed, like yeah. packed out the door. I'm thinking, wow, like this is pretty cool. Yeah. This is a pretty special thing here. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know what? It, it's yeah. I, I I think I can speak for the whole team that we we really enjoyed the ride. Mm. Uh, and and that's what we're, our aim is to continue to enjoy it along the way. As Ivan Ivan uh, Ivan Bresic would say, "Stop and smell the roses." Mm. Yeah. So that's that's what I've really focused on in the last two years is just appreciating every moment, every milestone, and stopping and yeah, reflecting. How has yeah. your life changed in terms of your hours and workload? Because a lot of our listeners, Jay, are a lot of younger guys. At the moment, I know schedules change now that you have a bit more freedom and um, with having a bigger team and being able to do more things. But mm. back at the start when you were growing the office, growing your team, growing your business, what were your days looking like? What day, What times were you getting in? What What times were you leaving? What were your daily tasks? And what were your daily challenges? So, so at the start... Because I never had guidance or mentorship in regards to managing your diary. Uh, it was very ad hoc uh, at the start. And um, I started to realize that because it wasn't so organized that I had to really make a big change. Mm. I, I only made small changes, mind you, in regards to my day uh, at the start. So whether it's getting in at 8.30 instead of 9. Mm. Uh, and having a meeting straight away in the morning to go through your day. So with your PA. Uh, or someone that's assisting you at that point in time. So at the start, it was very manic because it, it, people that know me know how messy my desk is and it's embarrassing. Uh, it's like a bomb went off. It, it, and it still is. <laughs> <laughs> so now as, as years progress, I've realized how, how much more efficient I've become. So that's why I probably work less in, in a sense that because it, I've been able to delegate work to other people and been able to really have a clear understanding of my what my day is looking like and being able to organize that. So yeah, at, at, at the start, it was mainly just focusing on prospecting and appointments. That was it. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really overcomplicate it. Yeah. I'll, I'll make calls anywhere between nine to 11 and then I'll have, you know, I'll have lunch and then I'll do appointments or door knocking in that middle when I first started. And I'll, I'll do another call section, uh, about two hours of call session at the end. So mm. it was very, it was a very simple, very mm. simple way of prospecting. Um, and during that time when I have my lunch or between appointments, it's really when I'm trying to think of how I'm going to find different opportunities to get business. Mm. Um, and as years progress, as my team grows, it's been a lot of daily meetings has been, it's been a must. Mm. So uh, Kevin knows this too with my team. Now it's evolved to meeting in the morning at 8 a.m., discussing what every property that's on the market at the moment, then we're going through a uh, we're going through a run sheet. So every that's every, uh, when I say every day, I mean five days a week. By the way, sorry, mm, sorry. yeah, not Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> not Saturday, Sunday. Um, so five days a week, um, we do a run sheet in the morning. So we'll probably do that for fifteen minutes, and then everyone gets on with their day. So it and every time we have a morning meeting, we also discuss the day before to mm. make sure that everything's been completed mm. to see if we need to carry on. My diary management wise at the moment, it's really, it's very simple. Looking at the day before, looking at today and looking at the day after to see what I need to organize. Mm. 
And then after that, I'll just look at my, as soon as I get in, I'll look at all my missed calls, my messages and my emails before I start my day. Mm. So that way my mind's clear mm. about how I start my day. And it's really now that I've been able to organize my day and I have a clear idea of what I'm doing. I'll, to answer Kevin's question, I'm, I'm probably working less because I just, I'm just a lot more efficient with my time now. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What would you say have, have been the biggest learning curves for you to attain the level of success you have? Being, trying to train myself to move on from disappointments. Mm. So um, from losing a listing, from now, I mean, not being able to recruit a, a certain staff member that we, with, uh, sorry, a certain person to become a staff member, anything that, anything that you, putting out fires everywhere. Mm. I, I, I mean, at one point last year, I felt like I was just putting out fires left, right, and center. <laughs> at the time. Oh, <laughs> oh, it was like wild, wild west. But um, yeah, being able to move on quickly. And I think a lot of successful people are able to assess the situation. And if I know I can't control a situation, I'm, I can move on straight away. Mm -hmm. So if I can control it, that's when I stress about it. So if there's a deal that I know I can put together, then it hangs on my mind. But if... If it's some, if it's something that, and it's completely out of my control, and I've done everything I could, then I'm able to move on quite easily. Whereas before, it, it, it would, yeah, it would stick with me for a week, and it would just bog me down. How did you get that mind sh mindset shift? Um, thick, you know what? It, it might be just the experience in thick skin. Yeah. And it, the more you experience, the more you learn how to manage it. Whether it's people mm. manage it in different ways. I mean, I managed it by being able to finding ways like meditating or um and just knowing that i've tried my best in that moment i think learning to forgive yourself that sometimes you'll lose business and it's okay mm. and you have to be able to move on from that because at the start you, you're you're hanging on this one deal or one listing and then when it, when it doesn't go through your whole world falls apart but mm. i think just knowing that it will pass that you mean know, this that moment will pass and you'll be able to move on i've been able to really perfect that so now it's it's very rare for something to get me down mm. so it's just a lot easier for me to run my business that way and if something happens i'll go okay what can we do perfect yep we'll do that oh no okay there's nothing we can do all right let's move on i um i see this with a lot of younger guys they struggle with this type of stuff and admittedly i did too and i do think it does come down to experience but at the same time um, what I also noticed as well, and it's not, it's not all the way, but it was a, at least a level of degree where w when I had no money, I stressed about everything. I lost the listing, I stressed. But now, well, when I started to like, a, I had no money in my account a few years ago. So now that I have a little bit of money, now that something happens, I now in my mind, it's I, I, like, yes, there's a thickness point, but at the same time, I'm thinking, well, hey, if I lose the listing, it doesn't matter. I'm okay. I can still pay my bills. Yeah. Do you think that had a level of um, effect on you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So the more you do, the easier it is to move on mm. because you know it, it's going to be okay. You have a backup. Mm. So for, for me, the more you can call it success or the, the more traction mm. uh, I got, the easier it is for me to get everything. I mean, if you have 
10 listings and you lose one, you're like, oh, okay, time to move on. But if you have one listing and you lose one, you're like, oh man, that hurts. hurts. Yeah. So how did you get to that stage where you are such an attraction agent now? Are you doing such large volume? Like, what's the secret if there is one to success? I've always felt that I was coming second place. I've, I've always had this, I've had this mindset that I was always behind. It's, and and this, it, how do you explain this? I was always in the mindset that was someone was in front of me and someone was chasing me. Mm. I still have that feeling now where I, really? I can feel someone breathing down my neck. It, oh. it, it's, it, it's a, so if I ever slow down, I feel like, oh no, they're gonna catch up. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, no one in particular, but I just, I have this weird feeling that, and you know what it is too, to what Kevin said, I, I think it's fear of losing what you built. Mm. Um, and, and, and as you progress in real estate, when you go, wow, I'm now doing X, oh, I don't want to lose that. Then you, mm. So now it, it drives you to do more. Mm. So it's that cycle. And I, I'm really trying hard to be able to manage that because at the same time too, I, like I said earlier, I, I still want to be able to not be anxious and be able to appreciate the moment or as I said earlier, stop to smell the roses. But really it, I've, I've always had that mindset especially getting into real estate that especially when I started getting traction, I thought, wow, okay, someone, I have to chase X person or, and someone's right behind me. I can't, mm. I can't slow down. So to answer your question, mindset has been a very big thing is, is I think just tuning in and it, it's only when I turned probably 23 that it switched because before that I was like lazy bum. Mm. Like, I, yeah, it, it was like a switch that, one day I woke up and everything was clear. But I, and it wasn't planned, it was, it, it was just a switch. So now my role in business is trying to find that switch in every agent, because there's a switch in everyone. Mm. And once that, that turns on, I, I saw it in Kevin. Mm. When that's I don't when, know how, <laughs> it's a bad spot. Oh, I looked at Kevin one day and I, and Kevin had all the right skill set, And I think just someone didn't hang on there long enough for him. Or, or maybe, mm. I don't know, I, it's weird, I don't mind sound cliche, but I really cared for, I really cared for every staff that we have. Mm. So I really mm. cared for Kevin. I, I cared about his life and his mm. career and his progression and yeah, I mean, how he's doing. So to me, I really wanted to make sure that I did the best I can for him. Mm. And so when I was trying to figure him out, I said, I said to myself, there's something there. And I remember one day, Kevin, we, we had this uh, occasion with a with another agent within our business, and the, the, Kevin and this other <laughs> staff member were clash was clashing heads. And um, I pulled Kevin aside, and I, I had a chat to him. And I said, "Hey, yeah, that just that was very out of character for you." And I gave him a little pep talk, and I I advised him to do something, which he did. Mm. And then he came back a different person. I kid you not, Kevin mm. switch turned. Mm. And for us, we're, I mean, we're, we're so proud of how far he's come. And I'm not saying that because mm. he's in front of me, but mm. we are really, really, really proud of how far he's come because we've seen him at, you know, mm. before all this, before mm. his traction and momentum and mm. his success now. So, Thanks, well, yeah. my man. Appreciate you. Oh, good. <laughs> so what, for anyone who's searching for the switch, what, what do you feel from your experiences either a catalyst or a way that someone, like what is the switch? What is the switch and, and what does it look like when it's turned on? So, mm. so when you say, what, so what is the switch? So to me, 
it's actually digging deeper and finding out why someone acts the way they do. So it might be something personal. It might be something that happened in their family life back then or something that they just, that's how they've been trained in their mind to do things. Mm. And trying to really dig deep to find out. It, it's different for everyone. Mind you, obviously the switch. That's why it's so hard to find for a lot of people. It's really uncovering what it is that's holding them back. Mm. And, and once you find that one thing, whether it be something that happened in their previous life or something that they had to part with, something that they had to let go of, or whatever it may be. Because from, from what I've seen with our staff, majority is things that happen in the, I mean, mm. back when they were younger or whatever it may be. It's really digging deep into that. Mm. And once you find that switch, similar to myself, when, when I found my, my why or I, I guess my switch, everything just becomes clearer and it, everything becomes slightly easier and you just get more momentum and it, you just enjoy it more. It's, it's, a, it, it's a very, euf, uh, what's that word? Euf, euphoric? Euphoric feeling to find it. So my, my aim now is to find that in every staff that we have mm. in, the, in the business. So at least we can share the success that we have. Mm. So that's, uh, it, 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 it is that, it's that feeling of, that euphoric feeling of switching and you go, you just watch that person grow. And it's amazing now looking at Kevin, looking at Zach from our office, looking at Paul, looking at Scott, looking at Renat, like a range, Ash, John, mm. range of agents, even Faz, like you just see them grow and it's, yeah, it's so nice to see. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a very rewarding feeling to see people that you've touched them in a positive way and they've yeah. grown in that process. When you see someone, a staff member or even yourself, experience the switch what what changes in their life that provides a framework for success is it their daily habits change is it a mindset shift what what do you feel is that kind of like that shift the, their hunger to to do better their hunger to be not so much be a perfectionist but their hunger to just be better at what they're doing mm. striving for excellence so really in everything that they do they try to do better. So for example, um, and, and sorry to use Kevin again as an excuse, I mean, as, as an example. Um, so Kevin lost a bunch of listings. Now what Kevin, Kevin could have given up or Kevin could have just been bogged down. He went to book in time to be, crit, uh, by, with Josh Vegan to critique his listing appraisals or listing appointments. Mm-hmm. So most people mm-hmm. won't do that. Most people won't go to that extent. It's, it's him being able to take action to say, wow, I have a gap in my business. I need to work on it. Hmm. So it's striving, and it goes back to striving for excellence again. And to me, once you flick the switch, you always want to strive to be better, hmm. better than what you're doing now in, in every aspect. And it, it can be health, it can be your personal life, it can be, you know I mean, your career, your work life, and it, everything just becomes better. I feel once you find that switch, yeah. <laughs> It's a magic switch. It's a magic <laughs> switch. With your, have you had to juggle the switch being on and then also balancing a certain level of happiness and content, being content with you are? 100%. Yeah, 100%. So it's only probably, I'd say in the last two years that it, I've been able to really find that level of satisfaction, uh, content. Hmm. Um, because it's... Uh, I think as you, you're striving to become better, like I said, I always felt I was second place or felt I wasn't not saying good enough 
for whatever it is that you're striving for. But it, it, it's also a sad place to be in mentally, mm. uh, even though you become successful, but you always have that in the back of your mind. So, so for me, managing it now is really what's helped me a lot is really seeing, let's say I, I see a therapist once a fortnight. I have great mentors like Ivan and you know, people around me now that helps me I mean, see, have more clarity and have that experience and share me their knowledge and their wisdom about their experience. And it gives me a better direction of how to manage it because they've been through it or they can coach me on other people that's been through it. Mm. When, when did you hire your first business coach? Last year. Last year, really? Yeah, last year. Why do you think it took you a little bit longer than, for example, like even, even myself, I've had a business coach or real estate coach for yeah. a few years now. And you start to see you know, people that are hitting a level of success and they usually get them quite early on. Yeah. And I noticed this, you did it quite late on. Yeah. Like you've done it once you already built the success. Why do you think you did it later on? And do you think it was beneficial to do it later on instead of earlier on? Um, if there's probably one thing I could have, that's one of the things that I would, I would say to get onto straight away. Uh, I wish I did it earlier on. Mm, okay. um, what mentor out of the mentors you've had has been the most Pivotal, counseling, business coach, partner, travel. Oh, um, you know, it's funny when we talk about mentors, I don't want to talk about mentors as in someone that's paid for. Mm. I mean, I've had different mentors in my life. Like, you know, I had the guy named Dave Carroll, unfortunately he's passed now, but um, he, he helped me out when I first started at Ray White. Um, you know, I mean, my partner can be my mentor, my wife. Um, so in regards to paid mentors, um, I've only had one recently, but I, I don't know why, I, I don't know if I'd never felt the need for it mm. or what it is. Mm. I, I woke up one, I read something one day and they said, in order to be successful, you need a mentor. Mm. <laughs> and I thought, okay. I said, you know, what? it's not gonna hurt. So I might as well give it a crack. Guess so, you weren't successful yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I, I probably didn't feel successful enough to have a mentor. I don't know. Um, but it, it's probably one of the biggest things that uh, I really have. It, it, I'm very thankful that uh, that, that I engaged you know, Ivan last year mm. because of the knowledge that and <clears throat> wisdom that he shared with me. So I, I wish I did it earlier. Um, but I, I, no one, no one really guided me. I was just. You just winged it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we say that in the office. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been one of those moments that it's organic. We say organic, but really we winged it. <laughs> <laughs> At least you can be honest with that. Something like a question I have for yourself is a lot of people talk about finding your passion, following something that interests you. Because you're at a point where you've got that much success, whether it be from property development, owning Manor, and also being a high-performing agent. Like there's so many moving parts that you can't just be following your passion through that process. What's what's that like? Like how do you justify, how do you explain that to someone who's coming up and hasn't had the same experience where they're trying to find success in terms of a monetary figure but also success in feeling like they're progressing? What Like can you share your perspective on the mindset shift? Because you've come from a place being from Plumpton where there's not much um, – potential mentors around you to, to right. show you the path like how if for someone who may be in that situation what's that look like like how can you share some insights through that progression does that make sense yeah most definitely um to be fair at the start i only focus 
on. So I, I'm very big on just focusing on one thing, one step at a time. So when people used to speak to me and would ask me, what's your five-year goal? Or what's your end of year goal? I only started tracking my goals properly last year. Really? Yeah, it's... <laughs> I sh- yeah, there's a lot of things that I should have done earlier. That's <laughs> probably one of them. Um, but yeah, probably last year, it, it was really a, a I had um, Ivan ask me, well, so what's your goal and so how are you tracking? And I, it, I, I couldn't answer it. And he looked at me as if it's something that I should have been able to answer quite easily. Um, so I, my focus when I first started was just one step at a time. Focus on the next, fo- focus on today and then you know, tomorrow will happen. Yeah, wow. So, and then as I, as I grew, I, I was able to see more opportunities. Obviously, like I said earlier, as I progressed, I was like, wow. And I started watching, let's say, for example, people that flip properties and buy houses, touch them up and resell it. I go, wow, that's a lot of profit. So I started doing that. <laughs> then I go, well, then I started dealing with developers that would subdivide or take a side on and option it or whatever they decide to do with it. And I started to see the profits in that. And I go, Wow, how did they do that? I was always very curious to mm. see how someone progressed in their own life. And I always tried to figure out if I was able to do that myself. And once I find that formula or whatever it is, that algorithm, then I go, wow, now I've done it. Mm. So I'm always looking at opportunities in that way. So I, I was always very opportunistic in a sense. And I've always focused on just one, just one day at a time. I, I never tried to put pressure on myself to say, hey, you didn't reach X GCI, you know, so I, or else I'd get myself really down if that was the case. Maybe because I wasn't very organized already as a person mm-hmm. uh, or structured when I first started real estate, that everything just kind of, yeah, came about. But I just made sure that when I had, so if today was my day, I want to make sure that when I got home, that I felt I did the best I could. So whether it be listing, selling, looking for opportunities, everything, so I made the most of that day in every way I can. And it's only recent times that I've started to really explore well, thinking ahead. So mm. that's why when people ask me, did you ever think Manor was going to be this big? No. Mm. I just thought we'd start a company and call it Manor and mm. see how we go. <laughs> Where did the name Manor come from? Uh, interesting. So um, myself and Eagle, my business partner, were sitting down at a cafe thinking of names. We thought of the most ridiculous names. It was about to be venture real estate at one point and a bunch of other names, the silliest names too. <laughs> um, one of, um, one, 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 so my wife, one of her friends at work yeah. had, a, had a house. They had their last name, it had Manor. <laughs> and I go, oh, Manor. So I typed it up, meaning of Manor means big estate, big oh, real wow. estate. Mm. So I go, how about Manor real estate? And then, that night I was watching um, Million Dollar Listing New York and I saw the logo of Douglas Element and I really liked the colors of that teal, the aqua or Tiffany color, whatever they call it. And I thought, you know what, how about if we implement that color with mana and put real estate at the bottom? And we thought, you know what, and we, we ran it through our partners and they said, yeah, that looks like a good idea and off we went. Great idea. Yeah. What a killer yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, so it just came about, yeah, it just came about in the cafe in Rhodes, actually. Because when we first started, we started in, um, we started in Eagle's apartment in Epping. Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah, we started, wow. yeah, so we started there, we set up the company there. Uh, yeah, we were prospecting there. Yeah. So, really? You were prospecting out of his apartment? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, we were oh, prospecting wow. out of his apartment. Yeah. 
Wow. So it was, it, it was a, yeah. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from Epping. I took us a bit off track, but I want to circle back to the goal piece because we're moving into yes. Christmas, the end of the year, where we reflect back on the year and then also plan for the new year. What's your advice and take um, for people moving forward that want to progress in life? Do we plan, how do we go about planning for success? Do it now. Um, so I, I, in regards, so I, I, you guys might have seen this. Have you seen that uh, that photo of this um, cartoon character digging for gold? Uh, d- digging for yeah. gold or digging for diamonds? Yeah, and one's given yeah. up. What, yeah. There was two? Yes. Yeah, 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 another one. Yeah, one's given up and the other one's still digging away and he looked really hungry for it. So I'll, 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 it's funny because I, when I come back to that, I saw that photo when I was about to give up in real estate ages ago. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, that's, is that me? Is that, okay, is that, maybe it is, maybe I should keep digging. Um, but really it's, instead of waiting till the new year or waiting till, you mean the end of this month to set it, just set it now, start today. So I always say, one of the guys in my office said to me, Jay, I have this great idea for the new year. I'm gonna get this journal and this is what I'm gonna do and then I'm gonna start in the new year. And I said, why the new year? It's just another day. I said, why don't you start it now? Because I asked him, I said, what do you think I'll say? Let's do it now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. For us, the biggest thing that we've done is if we think of an idea, we'll implement it. So Mm. if you're thinking of something now, let's say, for example, like myself, I said, you know, I'm going to do cold showers. If I said, you know, when should I do it? I'll do it today. Mm. Or I'll do meditate. Or I'll read a book or whatever it is. I'll do it today. So it's rather than waiting. Yeah. Power. Oh, massive. Mm. that that has been one that mindset alone can get you a long way rather than waiting and Mm. and mind you too i was talking to the team about this this morning Uh, i mean i had a mate that would wait for the perfect brochure before he would letterbox drop (laughs) so he spent three days on this brochure and he, he fiddled around with it and by then after three days other people have door knocked around that property and have exposed that property. So by the time you dropped it, yes, it was a good flash brochure, but irrelevant almost. Mm. So just start now. Mm. Yeah, the power of no. Beautiful. Yeah. So really to set goals, I would suggest to just, first of all, just to do it now and have a clear idea of what you want. So if you, if you say you want to go on a holiday, let's say, for example, four times next year, whereabouts? Have you booked it? When are you going to book it? Just mm. be precise about your goals. Be exact. So if you say, for example, I want to, you know, in regards to my personal life, I want to go on. So for myself, to give you an idea of my goals that I've set for the new year, I, I have a GCI goal of how I'm going to get there. Second, I have a personal goal. Um, I have a copy. Can you explain what some of them are? Yeah, most definitely. So, so one of them is a health goal, for example. Um, talks about how many, you know, I said I have to be at the gym four times a week boxing one day a week. Um, I had to drink two liters of water. So things like that. Mm, mm. So book-wise, how many books I want to read? Which books are you going to read? Mm. Actually say which books you're going to read and when. So uh, everything from how many, I'm investing in childcare at the moment. So I have there buying two childcare next year. So when buy, what's the end date? So Mm. having an exact idea, so at least you can track your goals that way, which I never did back then. Mm. So having an exact, and if you say you're going to spend more time with your partner, your wife, when are you going to book the date night? Is it going to be every fortnight? Have you booked that in your calendar already? Mm. 
So really being precise and rather than, for myself, rather than waiting till next year, I've done it already now. Mm. So I've implemented today rather than waiting for 2023. If you're going to wait for 2023 with everyone else and yeah. you're already behind. How, um, how often do you read your goals? Oh, it's in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's in front of me five days a week. Yeah. Five, five, six days, six days a week. Yeah. I'll, I'll look at it in the morning. I'll be like, oh, then I'll keep pushing. Really? Yeah. Like it's just so it's just like on my, yeah, just uh, next to my, um, <clears throat> next to my computer. Wow. So I just read it. Do you care about your uh, team members seeing your family goals and or, and life goals and that sort of stuff? No, I'm not at all. Um, to, to me, for them to know where I want to be in my life, mm. I hope will inspire them mm. to do the same with theirs and set an example and lead from the front. Mm. So for me, if I say this is my health goals, then I'll challenge them also mm. in regards to what they're reading, how many times they're exercising or I mean, are they are they keeping in yeah, are they keeping watch of their diet or whatever it may be? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin. <laughs> what? I'm looking good. Yeah, you're looking good. You look you're looking very good. It's all good. Right. Um, childcare. Yes. Property development. How much have you developed, and where? How did that start? Uh, so I, I'm very new to this, by the way. Uh, in regards to property development, this is not something that I've been dabbling on for a long time. So I started a few years ago in regards to uh, triplex mm-hmm. land subdivision. It, it was one of, one of my friends, Nick, uh, which was a client back then. Um, I saw the child. Uh, I saw the triplex site for him, and at that time, I've never seen a triplex in the area ever. So I asked him how how he uh, how he got it through council and whatnot, and I was just very curious about it because I've never seen it. Because mm. I looked at it and I go, this is odd. I've never seen this in the area. Mm. So he, he, he guided me in regards to what he did, who he went to. Very, very generous. Mm. Probably one of the most generous people that I've, I've, I've met um, mm. in regards to That's the knowledge. There. Yeah, Kevin knows him. So he, he really shared his knowledge in regards of the tri- how he did that triplex. And so what I did moving forward is I looked for a site, something similar. And I, I would send it to him and say, what do you think about this? And the first one, he said, you know what? That's a good site. You should go for it. So I went to auction. I bid for it. I won it. And then I did the DA. Uh, I got it approved. And then I, one of the guys in the office ended up selling it to their clients. So that's how, <laughs> yeah, so that's how I first got started. And I made a good profit from it. And from there, it just opened up my eyes again in regards to the potential and the opportunity mm. of development. And now mm. I think even in real estate, I'm mind boggled about why agents don't think that way mm. and i, I want to always encourage my team and uh i guess the people in, within the company even outside to be able to think that way to think outside the box mm. yeah, yeah. And, and look at opportunities that way i mean if a developer's doing it and they're making profit out of it have you ever thought of doing it yourself if you if you had the financial backing yeah so how do you when you run a a massive real estate business sell over 150 houses a year whatever you sell how do you manage to develop property look at property source it do the numbers so i have a book in my calendar so every wednesday Mm. for two hours looking for opportunities so everything i do is booked in my calendar yeah so if you're going to look for opportunities book it in as a task ah so two hours every week mm, so i'll call agents from different areas really yeah I'll, i'll just call them up hey how's everything going you have anything coming up this is what i'm looking for how's How's the family? Like just a chat. Because most of them are people that 
almost like friends now. Yeah. So you just have a chat with them and see what they have. And sometimes they'll put forward some stuff. Sometimes they don't. So are these people you haven't met before, but you just keep bringing them? Some of them I haven't. Some of them I do. So I, I targeted the people that I do know first mm. to make it easier. And then I contact the people. <coughs> you build yeah. Are you asking for off-market deals or what are you ask, calling for? Both. So off-market yeah. deals or depending on what I'm targeting. So if I'm tra- targeting a triplex site, a childcare site, a boarding house site, whatever it may be, mm. then then I'll, I'll identify that to them and I'll send them the specifications about what I'm looking for. And then you know, they'll go out and hopefully they find me one. What's your development strategy, Jay? Do you sit down and say, okay, I these are the three things I, I'm happy to build and these are the areas I'm going to look at and now I'm going to call all the agents inside or how are you working it? So at the moment, because we're in the industry, it's a lot easier for me to look for sites in regards to what I'm looking for. It, it's uh, at the moment, so every Wednesday, I'll just connect with the people that I know now mainly and I'll just ask them, do you have anything like this yet? No, cool, no worries, that's fine. So at the moment... Uh, I'm focusing a lot on childcare sites. Why childcare? Uh, the rent, the yield. Are you gonna the rent, own them the after you develop them? Yeah, so after I develop them, I, I hold, so I own the land and I build it. Yeah. And then I'll lease it out to someone else. It's just the, I guess, the return on your investment mm. and what you can leverage off it. So, so for me, the rental is great for it, sustainable and you have a 15 year lease. So it, I was speaking to a developer a week ago and I was and he was saying, Oh, I'm interested in some townhouse sites and I said, Oh, are you you know, are you interested in childcare centers too? And he said, Oh, no, I know they're great money, but they're just massive headaches. Just a, a really annoying to get approved and get through council. Is that true? Look, yes and no. Uh, yes in the sense that they are difficult to get approved, but not if you have the right people around you. So one of the things that uh, I've been fortunate with is the right people around me in regards to being able to network with the right architect, the right town planner, or even the right friends to be able to advise you on things like that, like, mm. like I mentioned, Nick. Mm. So, no, I, it's difficult if you don't know the right people. Mm. If it, Really, like I said earlier, it's a formula. Mm. Once you figure out that formula or the algorithm, it's a lot easier to get, you, you go, mm. oh, that's how it works. Okay, I'll just have to look for X, X, X. I'll send it to this person. He'll say yes, then it's done. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> does that make does that, that does that answer your question? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> My God. Um, I, Jay, what's what's next? What's next for Mana? What's next for you? Where do you go from here? I'm actually really excited about where Mana's headed, um, because now I was saying to Daniel earlier that this is a rebuilding stage for Mana. So this year has been a very interesting year. A lot of learnings in regards to the business. Mm. Um, I mean, we, we took a few hits this year, which is good because we had to take those hits to be able to learn from it. Mm-hmm. So now that we have, I mean, we, we put on a new sales manager, new HR, the amount of training that we're getting, the structure that we have as a business, it, it's just, I'm excited for next year because what we have, coming for next year, or even what we've started to already implement now, I can already see I'm making changes in regards to the business and also the people, with, most importantly, the people mm. in the business. Mm. So for us, the goal for MANA is to grow, but grow with the right people. Mm. Um, and, and that's always been the goal, to make sure that we have the right people in the bus mm. 
to make sure that we get to our destination quicker. Because mm. I, I truly believe that if you have the right people in the bus, it's a lot easier to get to where we want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's true. I'm super pumped for next year. Yeah, I think it's going to be a massive year. Yeah. I really feel it. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Yeah, this year has been a very good learning curve for us. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say the exact same. I feel yeah. like this year has been very reactive as, as well because like you were talking about before, things change in the market. We had a certain expectations on where we felt we'd be. Yeah. Had to adapt. Um, and you found that too in your business. Massively, yeah. 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 And that's, a, that's the thing I've, I've learned is that um, I think when you're, particularly what we do, you're, you're always in business. Like you're th- being a selling or being in real estate, you've you got to think of it as being self-employed and yeah. owning a business. And I think like for our side, being the buyer's agent, seeing the shift from servicing a lot of owner-occupiers to now making the investment, the investors at the main portion of the business just showed how you can't be st- stuck to just doing what you like or you think will work. You've also got to have that element of being flexible mm. correct? to actually bring, bring in cash. Yeah, I agree. Does that make sense? Yeah, it yeah, does. Definitely. It does. And this year has really, yeah. This year has, what, what did Tom Panos say in there? He goes, it, it, we really saw who was skinny dipping when the tide's gone down. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, is that what yeah. he said? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Something like that. That was, that was interesting because, it, yeah, it, it's now that it's been exposed, mm. it's actually better. So now we know where the gaps of the business are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we go, oh, great. What would you say has been the biggest gap you found? Probably accountability with, 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 uh, with all the staff members, including mm. ourselves. Mm. Yeah? In regards to, yeah, a leadership team, most definitely. Mm. Last year, because things were going so well, you mm. almost for, you, uh, you neglected things that you should have done. Yeah. Mm. So whether it be from as basic as, you know, I mean, prospecting to as high level as budgeting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, a wide range of things. Mm. So uh, now that we've seen the gaps, it's actually, that's why I'm excited because we've identified them. Mm. And, and for myself, that's always what I've been looking for, those gaps, mm. to be able to know, okay, how can we improve this business and how, we gonna, how are we going to find the gaps? Mm. But now that the tide has changed yeah, it exposed and well. it exposed the mm. gaps, I go, wow, okay, we mm. don't have to search for it. It's, it's there. It's right here. Yeah. So now we know. So now we know what measures and what things we need to put in place to make sure that we fill those gaps. Yeah. That's what makes ex- next year very exciting for us. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Yeah. I, I, I want to ask a personal question because please, I very value that the um, transition you've gone through. Thank you. And I see that you must have gone through a big shift from a mindset perspective and also a, a cultural perspective. Yes. Have you found, what would you say has been the biggest struggle or challenge going from an environment where it, it's, it's completely different from where you are now? Like what would you say has been the biggest shift uh, mindset-wise or culture-wise to get you to where you are? Um, culturally, like I said, Filipinos are very um, content with just simple things, simple life. Um, yeah, it's, I think as I've progressed, I didn't realize what I, I was uncovering mm. and my mindset and maturity in regards to managing a business or managing my own business has grown. So as it changes, it, it's also a shock for me because sometimes, and I've spoken about this to some of the guys in the office, sometimes I'll be driving home and I'll think about the progression and I'll almost just, I don't know, I'll just wind the windows down let the cool breeze and just soak it in. It's a mm. weird, like, because mindset wise, 
for myself, I only realize it once I'm there. So I, I don't know when it's, when it's happening. Yeah. I don't quite recognize it. And then when it does, I was like, wow, I'm a different person. Yeah. I'm, I'm so much more mature. I can handle this a lot better. But the, the struggle has been, I think the expert, like people's expectation, even my parents, it's only until we started MANA that my parents actually thought I was doing okay. <laughs> so to give you an idea, I go visit my parents every Sunday, every Sunday, usually every Sunday. Um, and before I started MANA, they thought that I would, because I was be highly stressed, she would convince me to do a government job. So she said, why don't you work at the rails with me, see the rail? It'd be a lot easier. So that's, but th that's nothing against my parents mm. because to them, they were just looking at me and they, they saw that I was stressed and they said, you know what, we had to try to help him. Maybe this is not for him. But mm. I never really spoke about the, the opportunity or the, the success or how far. Does that make sense? Mm. So my parents never really knew mm. what was what, really going on. What was really going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I never really spoke to them about GCIs and they, they weren't in with the real estate market. They didn't know how much, you know, yeah. was right. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, yeah. So they just thought, well, Jay's stress, we need to kind of find a fix for him. So maybe we'll just get back in. Yeah. So when I started Mana, they go, are you sure you want to do it? It's, it's, it's so my friends and family hold you back, not purposely because they think that's the best thing for you. Mm. So one of the struggles was that because it plays in your mind, you go, mm. and back when I first started, it really had an effect on me because I would think, well, maybe my, my parents were right. And mm. even for example, like I said, when I was about to leave, when I first left, the first real estate job I was in, when they said I would never make it, and they called me everything under the sun. I thought to myself, are they right? Maybe I wasn't good enough. And it's funny because the reason why I told that story is that's one of the reasons why I pushed through, not just because of the pep talk that I had with my old manager. It's because I, I had to make a decision where, whether I had to prove them wrong in the sense of making sure that, I'm, are they really right? Or do, should I prove them wrong that I'm actually worth more? Mm -hmm. And that's what made me push a bit harder at the early stages of my career when I thought I was going to quit in the first six months. Like I was ready to quit. Like my mind was moved on. Wow. So, and, and that's why when I look at that cartoon picture of the guy digging for gold or digging for diamonds and one guy get, given, gave up, I go, like that could have been me. Mm. Isn't that funny? Like yeah. you, you look back at it now and you go, wow, that could have been me. So I, I'm very... Um, I, yeah, I can only say I'm very grateful and appreciative for the people that helped me to get through that stage, mm. to get me to where I am now and to be able to also help the people around me now to get to where they want to go, whether it's Kevin or anyone else in our office. Mm. I yeah. feel like everyone goes through that. Hey, like that oh. stage of Zach, Zach Eady in our office. Jay was... um. Can I tell this story? Yeah, <laughs> Zach Eady was, uh, when he first started at Manor, I don't think he was, he wasn't doing that crash hot. He's now a director, but um, Jay was uh, looking for mortgage, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, mortgage broker. Yeah, mortgage broker jobs for him. You've been a buyer's agent. <laughs> Sending <laughs> yeah. him job links on Seek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think everyone, like even me, bro, I, I, I think I was um, $42,000 in Debit oh. or something to mana. I was wow. like, oh, I'm down. Jay's gonna fire me. I'm out. Yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, Kevin definitely broke the record for that in the in the company. 
<laughs> most guy, uh, most behind. Oh. Um, yeah. Everyone has that period oh. where they're just gonna where they I've think they're that. gonna quit. You've had it too. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? That's that's what I have this thing. You, you know what? When they when people talk about um, higher fire, what do they what do they say? High, high slow yeah, and fire fast. Mm. And it's funny because I go do do I really? My model hasn't been that. Yeah. It's almost like don't give up on this person because they. That's the. Then you can I, once you can see something in someone, you almost want, don't want to give up on them. And it's funny when we talk about Zach and um, when I announced to the whole team that he was going to become a director, it's again it's, it was a very proud moment because we were looking myself and Igor, we would drive home uh, from work in the early stages of the business opening up, and we would say, "Oh, Zach is having a crack," but I don't think it's for him. And we go, maybe, and we go, you reckon he'll be good as a mortgage broker? You reckon he'll be good as a, you mean, bias agent? Yeah, yeah. And I go, all right, maybe I'll speak to a few people. <laughs> yeah, like, let's see how he goes this month. And then we'll introduce that to him. But Zach had the worst luck. Worst <laughs> luck. I think six months in, he had listings, but ne- nothing sold. Wow. So I think he had, there was one point that I helped him list a property. This is how, yeah, how bad his luck was. We listed, uh, listed the property with Zach. The next day, the owner canceled the agreement because you have the 24-hour calling off period. And I thought, geez, maybe it's just not for him. <laughs> like, is, is this a sign that someone's yeah. saying that it's not for Zach? <laughs> and then, then we would look at him and he had the shortest attention span too, mind you. So it was, it was very difficult for him to focus on one thing, which is prospecting. You had to really focus. And, I just, and one day, he had this one sale in Crestwood, a part of Borkham Hills that he services and then he got traction i go oh all right cool was that luck and then i, I go then, then he started leveraging off it okay oh wow shit okay zach's going somewhere and then after that it was just this momentum and even kevin like yeah like that's why when i look at zach before i let someone go i think to myself is there light for this? Like, is there, is an there another Zach here? Yeah, is, is this Zach? Like, I looked yeah. at Kevin when he was, what, what did you say, 43K behind. I guess it's Zach. Like, I was just trying to picture Zach on Kevin. I go, maybe. Mm, and, I hope so. Yeah, and that's why now, I, I think that's why, and maybe some of the guys are appreciative because we never gave up on them. Mm. When, when most principals might have at that mm. point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see anyone else keeping <laughs> me at that point. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a hard decision for a business. It would to, be, yeah. To keep someone that's really what they might consider as a liability to the company. Mm. But we like them so much as people that we thought, but they're having a crack. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So now if they're having a crack, we go, <laughs> yeah, keep them on. Mm. They're having a crack. Yeah. I don't, awesome. know, I don't know if that's the best business model, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anyone going bankrupt. Yeah, take that with a Listen. grain of salt, everybody yeah. that's listening. Yeah. Um, legendary. Mate, that was awesome. I, I um, That was awesome. Thanks, James. This has been an awesome podcast. <laughs> I love actually spending time with you because I get a lot out of it. Man. You're a great person, I think, from a commercial sense, but also as a genuine um, human being, which yeah. I, I think is really good in I have the pleasure of getting to meet a lot of different people, both in real estate or outside of our industry. And everyone I've come into contact with speaks very highly of you. So thank you. It's um, been a pleasure to spend some time with you today. So thanks so much for your time. And I hope everyone got something out of it. The boss, man. The boss. Thank (laughs) you, brother. The big Porsche. Thank you. Appreciate it, bro. Man of real estate. Ciao. Let's go. That was awesome. What a buddy. You killed it. (laughs) Fucking oak, bro.